Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. I'm Grace Redmond, and thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Real Talk, where I have the privilege and opportunity to connect with amazing people from my communities and circles who have overcome challenges and created amazing. Today, I'm so excited to be here with my incredible guest, who was my first life coach, Valerie Smedley-Harris. Valerie is the owner of Harris's Life Empowerment Services. Valerie started Harris Life Empowerment Services because she had a dream. Her lifelong passion for helping people became a reality in 2015. Valerie worked in the retail banking industry for over 30 years in a wide range of leadership and executive roles. During that time, she had the opportunity to mentor, coach, and empower people to follow their dreams and passions. Valerie's mission is to help people discover their inner strength by guiding them to uncover obstacles that prevent them from living a happy and healthy life. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you, Grace, for having me. You're welcome. Girl, you're my first life coach, and I have yes. uh, I owe a lot to you. <laughs> you are you gave me the guiding light to build my business you know you gave me also you helped me a lot to realize that you know what i have been dreaming of and what i inspire to do is to reach out and help people and and i received that from you you oh, gave honey. me that light and you made me feel very empowered you empowered me thank you to dig deeper into what my dream was Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's, yeah. And I love how we co-create together with the people in our lives. Yes. It's it's a two-way street and the co-creation is amazing. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you, Grace. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of, there's so much we can talk about. So I'm going to, um, I'll be, you know, I'll try to be as focused as I can. So you are, we like to have fun. (laughs) Yes. You know, I like to have fun. Yeah. We like to have fun. (laughs) I love to have fun because also fun is healthy for us. It keeps our vibration high. And that's right. um, And that's always the intention when I come on, you know, these podcasts is I really, yes, we want to create value and provide impact, but also to have a good time. Yes. And I mean, you have, you know, you've, like you said, you come from the retail banking industry, 30 years in the industry. I mean, as, as a leader, as an executive, and you coached and mentored so many people. When did you, how did you know that you wanted to take that mentorship and that coaching piece and really create a business for yourself? Well, it actually started when I was a, a little girl. I never saw myself, um, as a housewife or 
uh, a stay-at-home mom. I wanted to be a mom, but I always saw myself and I visualized it when I was wearing a brown. I always had a black or blue suit and a boot and a briefcase. That's old school. I remember Black or blue suit and a briefcase. And stockings. So, <laughs> I remember. When I went to, when I finished um, high school and I went into college, you know, I went to San Francisco State. Yay, Gator. Um, Me too. See, we have so much in common, Grace. When I was going through school, I was like, man, I want to either be a social worker um and so i started thinking because i was raised in san francisco in the western edition what they called it the fillmore district mm -hmm. and it was you know predominantly blacks and predominantly um families that were either low income or struggling income in single households and i never saw that for me i said this is where I come from, but this is not where I want to be forever. I don't want this to be my life. So I was the first one in my family to go to college. Congratulations. So I went to, I was, I was in San Francisco State. And I said, what do I want to do? I know what I want to do, but where do, how do I get there? And so... I kind of set a plan out for myself. And in the end, I did graduate with a degree in um, sociology. Mm -hmm. And so once I graduated, I said, oh, now I can put on my blue suit and I can have my briefcase and I'm going to start working with people. Well, to, and the my, <laughs> to my dismay, there was a five-year waiting list just to take the test to become a social worker. Oh, wow. So at that point, I was like, oh my God, so what am I gonna do? And then God says, I have a plan for you. Isn't that how it means? Yeah, I have a plan for you. Guess what? You're, you're pregnant. You're gonna have a baby. Mm. 25 days after I graduated, I found out I was going to have a baby. So I said, okay, well, as I'm waiting for this test to open, you know, have my baby, baby going to grow up with me. And um, then we'll go, you know, we'll take it from there. But in the meantime, I said, I need a, a job. So on my last couple of weeks of maternity leave because I had a little part-time job I started going through the at that time it was the yellow pages we didn't have scrolling on um <laughs> social I, media the yellow pages <laughs> which so, <laughs> I remember and so I found a job for a customer service rep and so I applied for it and uh, went down for the interview and I thought it was a customer service rep, but I didn't think, I didn't understand that it was really a teller position. Mm -hmm. So when I went for the interview, it was so interesting. They had the CEO of the bank interview me. And I had on my dark blue suit, 
<laughs> and my briefcase. And your stockings. <laughs> yes, and my stockings. I know. And at that point, after our interview, he hired me right on the spot. Beautiful. So that was the beginning of my career in banking. I started um, in banking. I don't want to age myself, but it's okay. It was in 1982. Mm -hmm. And I had my baby. I had my baby in March and I started working in June. And my baby was born with some disabilities she was four four pounds 14 ounces oh, sweetheart um and she had some disabilities so and so and you, all you had this baby and she was born with disabilities which means she's most likely going to require extra attention and have extra needs that you know a, a baby, baby born healthy wouldn't have now did you and you continue to work I continued to, to work with the blessing of my family, my grandmother. She says, mm -hmm. baby, you need to go get a job. I'll help you to take care of your baby, right? And and so, that's what community and family and tribe yes. is about. It's like, we can't do it alone. So you had the support of the family to help you and you're able, you know, as a, at that time were you a single parent? Because I know we talked about that. At that time, I was a single parent, the father of my child. We were together from 12 years old to 26 years old. Wow. So we had a 14-year relationship. My daughter was born um, in the 12th year that we were together. And he decided that um, he was verbally, physically, abusive, um, like to dab, dab, you know, had a relationship with drugs and alcohol, which took the, you know, first place over me. Sure. Addiction is, and is baby. Usually. And he said that I birthed him a mentally retarded daughter. So he kind of, you know, went his way, but it, it wasn't was, an easy going way. Yeah, he 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 did not want me to leave him. So in order for me to get away, I had to move away and he found me and he tried to kidnap me. Oh, Valerie. And once I said, okay, I'll, I'll come back to you just out of fear. I was, the fear alone of him wanting me in his life but not in his life was very scary. So then I, you know, at one point I said, "Okay, I'm I'm going to go back just because I'm I'm scared. I don't know what he was going to do." And the minute I said, "Okay, I'm gonna come back." I started planning my escape. How was I going to get away again? Mm -hmm. And and not back to kind of. I know another thing that we touched on is the, the strength to leave these toxic relationships. And so it sounds like the first thing was mentally you set the intention, like you you were going to go back just and in that moment set the intention to find the way out. Yes. 
you go back for survival in your mind, you know, in my mind, it was like, okay, I need to be able to, to have my mind clear enough without the fear in order to plan my escape. And I had to, you know, tactfully try to find a way out. Mm -hmm. And you're so young we, at that point, you know, and we yeah. don't know, we don't know, and we don't have the resources. And I know in the world around me, you know, coming from um, a world of domestic violence, that they made it okay. Yeah. Like, it's it was, okay. It's it normal. It's not normal. Yeah. They all, they, men all do that. They all hit you. They all, that's okay. It's not so bad. No, it was bad. That, because that's not the life I wanted for my daughter mm -hmm. or for me. And so when I, one day I, I left him, he was supposed to pick up the, our daughter from daycare, didn't pick her up and the schools called. And in those days, if you didn't pick up your child, they would take them to youth guidance center because it was like, you're not supposed to be late. You're supposed to be on time. So I left my job, went to get my daughter, took my daughter to my mom's and I went home because I knew that was the end of it for me. And I knew once I got there, there was going to be a fight. So I took my mom, my daughter to my mom's. I went to my house. And yes, he was there with his drug paraphernalia. And, you know, I just said, this is it. All the fear went out and I prayed to God. I said, God, if this is how I have to live my life, I don't want it. I really was done with trying to appease him and living in fear and not being able to be the person that I wanted to be when I didn't want my child to grow up in that type of environment. So to say my getaway was a tough way to go, we wound up fighting for about two and a half hours. And he just wanted me to say that I was going to stay. And because I would not say I was going to stay, he continued to beat me. Hmm. And we continued to fight. And he finally said, you, you, you're not going to say yes. And I said, nope, I'm not going to say yes. Hmm. So he ran in the kitchen, he got a butcher knife and he said, well, I, I can't have you. Then I, you just might as well kill me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of killing you. I want you to suffer some pain of being without me. You like you inflicted on me. So he threw my keys out, kicked me out of my house. And I was like, and I said, God, I got out. I'm out. Mm. You know? And I'm not gonna go back. I'm not gonna allow somebody to make my life so miserable that I can't, that I don't wanna go outside, that I'm afraid to, I have to look over my shoulder all the time. I have to get closure. And that's what a lot of people need to realize when they're in toxic relationships, you need to find closure. And only you know when that closure is supposed to happen. This goes for men, women, 
it's not just women. There's men too. When you when your body starts to tell you, this is not good for me. Mm. If you have to plan a strategy of how you're going to end a, a toxic relationship, if it's if you feel it's going to be violent, if you feel it's going to be um, civil. But if your body is saying, this is not good for me, you just keep on thinking, how long do I want this to last these years that I'm waiting for somebody else to change? That hmm. may take all of my life. Right. Those and they may never change. They, get back. they may never change. Typically, I mean, I don't want to no. say never. Um, people change. But in those situations, it's, it's, it's typically it doesn't change. And like you said, you have to save your own life. You have to learn to love yourself. And that's, and that's a part of what my mission was. Who, who, who do I love more? I have to love myself more. I can't give me to someone else for validation to try to get that love from from that person to make me whole. Yes. Yes. I have yeah. to be whole myself. We have to be whole ourselves. And again, society, our community, the world around us tells us, or at least for me, it told me that I wasn't whole, that it was, I had to wait for a man to make me whole or for the degree to make me whole. And so we're searching outside of us. And for me too, I was in many abusive relationships. Um, and there were times that I, you know, would, same thing. I mean, I remember a time and I wrote about this where one of the boys I was dating, you know, hit me in the head and left me um, on the sidewalk. Mm. And you feel so ashamed and you don't know what to do or, or where to go or even you feel embarrassed to even say this is happening to me. And, and a lot of people that you, you know, that know that things are going on and you, and you keep talking about it. They're like, God, you say the same thing over and over again. What are you going to do about it? And it's not you know? so easy. It's not easy. Like you said earlier, like you were in this situation, you, you knew it wasn't healthy for you or your daughter. And you had to give your time the yourself the time and space to make that decision um what for someone in our audience who's watching who may be in a situation like that right now for you know are there any resources that someone can go to like immediately to get some kind of at least support to start until they figure out the other thing that's coming up is safety like women are men or women children if they're not safe, like what can they do? Like how, is there any resources that can help them in the meantime? There are resources. There are outreach programs. There are um, shelters. You can um, go to the authorities. You know, a lot of times women are scared to go to authorities because they figure that if, if the authorities go knocking at the door, of the person that's abusing them, that they will retaliate in a way that um, because they said, "Oh, you got the police on me." But mm -hmm. what I what I found that I went to the authorities, but only for them to start a file. Mm -hmm. I wanted 
a file in case something happened to me. I've given you all the information on the first person that on the per person that has been making my life or threatening me because you know they always say oh get a restraining order and I always felt by the time the restraining order goes into effect or you get a call they have already got me so I had three case numbers in my wallet that I carried around from three different relationships that needed that were domestic violence and I Which, carried those so those are three different relationships outside of that first relationship two other outside of that one mm -hmm. which brings us to the patterns yes you, you know when if we don't if we like if we don't go within ourselves to find the wholeness within us we're going to continue to go into those patterns and i know you've broken the patterns yes. what was what was something that you know, helped you break that pattern of being in these abusive, you know, toxic relationship with these men? You have to start to say, you know, I started to think about, okay, I can't keep saying it's the person, all these people. I have to take a look at myself. Why am I attracting these, this certain type of person? right? I would always say same person, different face. Why That's do I get the same person, different, different face? I say I that too. A, I can be in a room with a whole bunch of men and a whole bunch of women and the neediest one will road gravitate right to me. It's like I had this, this halo or light that shine around me like, oh, she can help me. I can go in there. She got it going on. I can, she will help me. I don't have to do much. We gonna live large. We gonna have a good time. And I started throwing myself, throwing myself into what this person wanted me to be. Just well, to make sure I had the love, thought it was love, love and affection. So yes, we have to take a look at what we want and not worry about if you're good enough for somebody else. Are you good enough for you? And we're always good enough, regardless. The moment that we take our first, I'm getting emotional. The moment that we take our first breath, because we are created in the image of God, he brings us into this world. The minute we take our first breath, we are whole and worthy. And then somehow we get lost in the environment, in the world around us. And people in your ear saying how you should be, how you should walk, what's your status, when you're going to get married, when you're going to have a baby, when you're going to, all of the things that go around. And when you don't, you, you, you take the wisdom, you know, older people that's been around, I'm, I'm the older person now. So I have more wisdom. No, girl, you're like fine line. You just get better with time. <laughs> no, I have some. I, I have. I have some stories to tell that hopefully that you know. If you hear me, just hear me. Just let me put it out there. However you want to process it, the way to along the way, that's your choice. But you do have a choice. Yes, we have choices, and I know it's not always easy. It no. takes 
work and effort and commitment and consistency to get out of these patterns, to break the cycles, but it's possible. It is possible. And it starts with not being afraid to be alone. Mm, mm, mm. So when you started your process and journey to healing in that in that moment or in those moments, did you realize like, okay, because you said like, okay, is it, it's, it's has to, it's a different um, person, same, same shit. person, different face. So <laughs> when you looked within you, did you take that time to be alone? I took the time to be alone. Actually, my, my last relationship, I wound up having a beautiful daughter. Um, didn't think I could have um, any more children. So my daughters are 13 years apart. But that last relationship with her father, um, I threw myself into making a relationship work because I said I didn't want to raise a child by myself. Whatever I need to do, I'm going to do it because I want it to work. As so now start, again, you're putting it all on yourself. Like I'm going to do whatever I need to do. So you're taking I'm, it I'm on. I'm going to give it out. I'm going to give it out because I don't want to say she didn't do this or you did this and it didn't work out. That's why we're not together. So I started putting in my head, I got to do everything to make it right. Right. So fast forward, our relationship ended. Um, love my daughter, love my daughter. And I said, that's it. Something's wrong with, I have to fix something. And at that point I said, I am going to go on a journey of self-love. I have my two daughters. So I can, I could pour my, the, a lot of the energy that I was putting into a relationship, a man, I can put that into my children and me. And believe it or not, I learned so much about me. I learned about, you know, I would still get people that want to date me and this and that. No, I'm self-loving myself. I didn't. I'm dating I didn't. myself. Yes. I, 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 I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> So, um, I'm going to do Valerie now. I, I said, I, I'm doing Valerie. I am doing Valerie. I'm going to do everything I want to do. First thing I do, I don't have to share no money with nobody to tell nobody when I'm buying. I'll go out, buy me a brand new BMW. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my money, don't have to share. Went out and bought a couple of timeshares. Went out and bought me some property with people. All the stuff I said, this is this is where I'm at. I don't want to. This is where my hard work. I want to see where my all my hard work that I dreamt of, sacrificed for. I want to see where it's going. And I don't want to give everything away to everybody. And I was a codependent. People have to realize what codependency, codependency is real. Yeah, I'm a recovering codependent too. I went to codependency meetings for three years and then I secretary codependence meetings for 
three more years. So codependent is when you don't have the power to say no. Mm -hmm. That's basically, it's a 12-step program also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when your body, when you need to make a decision and you're on the fence and your body is saying, that's not good for you, you got to say no. Because the minute you say yes, you're, you're going to stick. Yeah. Your body knows. Your body knows. And so often we get so distracted in the chaos and in the, the coping methods that we use, and it could be shopping or drinking or whatever it is, that we can't even hear our bodies. And oftentimes... Right. It's too late. It's not that it's too late that we, God forbid, we die. I mean, sometimes that happens, but we get go into a state of illness. Absolutely. True illness. Yes. So Frida says our body knows. Yes, our bodies definitely know for sure. For sure. People, people don't feel, you know, I've, I've, I've met a lot of people along the way and they, you know, everybody's kind of looking for answers mm -hmm. and you can find a lot of the answers within yourself. Yes. You need to stop, be quiet. And just, you know, I start, I start to meditate and however form people, you know, feel to meditate in order to get, you need to at least take some quiet time out for yourself. Just take it. If it's 10, 15 minutes, quiet, listen to your heartbeat. Just clear your mind so that you will be able to tackle on whatever is coming your way. But if you're so clouded and everybody's in your ear and you're trying to make everybody happy, you start forgetting about yourself. Amen. And, and you touched on so many points. If you're worrying about everyone else and making them happy, that's self-sabotage. That can, you can never make everyone happy. No. And as you were talking, if I heard you correctly, I mean, you took the time to focus on you. And it looks like when you started putting the energy on yourself, you're able to invest in yourself um, not only, you know, financially with things that you enjoyed, but you're investing in yourself. I heard you say that, you know, for three years, you went to codependence um, anonymous yes. and investing in yourself. So as we invest in ourselves, we see the rewards. Yes. And you can sell it. It's okay to celebrate the rewards. Celebrate oh your rewards. We have to, which I, I've had a hard time celebrating. That's something I, I didn't do too mm. much and I'm learning. So as you started to invest in yourself and you were, you know, committed to the codependency anon anonymous um sessions, what was one of the first rewards that came to you in, 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 in regards to your healing? The the rewards was I acknowledged my body hmm. I acknowledged when I started getting this tingling feeling that something wasn't it's not something's not right and I, and I, the my eyes started opening to different people around me in different situations and where I felt that 
I wasn't being true to myself by always giving in and helping people. And I had to realize if I say no, if the person really cares or the person really truly um, understands who I am or who I'm coming from, it, it won't be offensive. Right. Right. You know, they will say, well, yeah. cool. I understand it. Right. Because they care. Well, you know, nothing that people don't love us. They're just loving us from from where they can love themselves. So when we start setting boundaries is when we start caring for ourselves. So it sounds like one of the first rewards for you was the awareness of boundaries are going to help me. Saying no is healthy. Which as women, I believe, I feel we were taught that if we said no, then we wouldn't be a good person. We'd be, you know, um, a bitch. We didn't care. When in reality, when we learn to say no and set boundaries, we're loving ourselves. Then when we love ourselves, we have more love to give. And that, and if people want to put it that way, I mean, the way I, I started seeing it, I needed to become selfish. Yes, and selfish. selfish. Yes, selfish where it's like, okay, no, I can't give no more of me. I well, how can you give? Me. How can you right. give any more of you? No more to give. Give. Mm -hmm. We get depleted and spent. Yes. And so, you know, on this journey that you've taken, because like, again, I know like where you are now, where you were there, there's so many lessons. Um, but if there was one lesson you can talk about, that's what's the most important thing for us to learn to help us step into our self-love, to help us step into our authentic self? If I don't know how many people like to keep a journal or like to write down their thoughts or feelings. As my journey started, I started, I, I always felt that relationships are beautiful and I'm not going to allow the bad relationships that I had tarnish any relationship um, that I had, would have in the future. Um, so, mm -hmm. and as my daughters started growing up, they was like, mom, you should date or something. My journey was going into, it was seven years. Mm -hmm. of so, you, so you stayed, um, single for seven years. I stayed single for seven years. I didn't want to date. I, I just fell in love with myself. I fell in mm -hmm. love with the things I was doing. I fell in love with, you know, going places and not having to answer to nobody, you know? And then I started writing down, okay, what do I really want in a relationship if it does come back? You know, if there is somebody that is out there, is my, if my soul made it out there, what does that look like? Or what does he look like? Mm -hmm. So you started the creation process, kind of thinking and setting the intention and creating the, what do I want? And yes, and I, I, I said, a creation of what do I want? What's good for me? What type of person would complement mm. or we would complement each other, not pull apart or one being dominant and the other one, you know, mm -hmm. being so submissive. 
what what does that look like i so love that word compliment we compliment each other yes it's better to compliment each other no one has more power than the other mm -hmm. compliment so i started writing down little things when they would pop into my mind oh i want somebody to make me laugh yes got to have somebody to make me laugh i want somebody that likes music i want mm -hmm. somebody i need i want this type of person that i mean i i i want this type of person that um what else did i say he had to make me laugh he didn't have to didn't worry that i would if the financial situation that i made more money than they made i even had to put that down how mm -hmm. you know how would that feel so, I so down being confident with someone who's independent or or you know more of a breadwinner right you, you 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 know if if you didn't if your income was less than mine but we make things work because we work with each other you know you you don't have a uh you're not you're not saying oh she thinks she all that because she make better much more money than me you know she's supposed to be my wife you listen to me i don't I, we didn't need that i didn't want to i didn't want to entertain that kind of thing right but so once once i i wrote down a list of things that i wanted it was even down to the smallest thing i don't want somebody to um when I'm trying, if I'm, cause I'm a hugger, Grace, you know. Oh, me I too. I like to hug people. <laughs> I like to tell people. <laughs> if 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 my if my significant other doesn't like me to hug people, that was a deal breaker because I'm not gonna stop hugging people to make you happy. That's what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. So you continue to choose yourself. That's right. You continue to to find the things that make you happy. Not mm -hmm. saying that you won't compromise. There's still right. going to be compromises in the relationship. Yes. But you really want to make sure that the things that make you happy are the the person that you want to share your life with, have a relationship with you has certain qualities. Absolutely. Just period. So going into seven years, my daughter was like, mom, you need to, I think you should date now. I'm older, you know? And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, she had a best friend and her best friend would stay over all the time. And then found out that her best friend's father was a single, he was a single father raising his three girl, his three children, two girls and one boy. And, and uh, one day he saw me and he was like, hmm. <laughs> tell your daughter, tell your, tell your, tell, tell your friend I like her mother. <laughs> so she said, told my daughter, my, oh, mom, she would call me my mom. Dad think you cute. It's like, girl, I don't, hey, girl, I'm okay. I, I'm okay. I'm enjoying my girl. I'm fine. So I remember. The only time, Grace, and this was the funniest thing, the only time that I had a beanie cap on my head, <laughs> shirt, I was cleaning the house. He happened to come. He, She said, my dad is going to bring me some money. So, because we were going out, right? 
I see this vision of beauty walking up. <laughs> I see this vision of beauty. Your husband is, yeah. And for the first time in my life, I was, I couldn't talk. I was like. So <laughs> <laughs> what a good feeling. What a good feeling. I that felt like breathless. breathless, Grace, breathless. I could not talk. I was like, I've never been tongue tied. This is like high school stuff, right? Oh, feels so, so good. Oh, the feeling was like, okay, he can come in. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the feeling that we all like just are addicted to in life? Just that, that, you know, just that delicious feeling. It was just, a, I hadn't felt that in all, in so many years and people, I didn't met so many people, but this was something about him. It was just like, wow. So long story short, we went on a, he asked me on a date. We went to a concert. I still have the concert tickets. Um, we got married. We met in 2008. We got married in 2014. And we're still happily married today. So that's, that's so beautiful. And what value that you you know you're bringing to the people that are watching because so many of us struggle in relationships for so long for so many years we go in and out of challenging relationships and just here with your story as you started with you know having a plan to escape from a man who was abusing you emotionally mentally and physically and you kept going through that cycle then you started dating yourself and then here you are today in a healthy and beautiful relationship so it's possible it's possible and 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 not to say that you still won't have disagreements but that because it's human it's two people coming together but the main thing is communication you have to talk about it you have to talk about it even if you met for a day or two that's fine but on day three bring it up somebody has to bring it up to talk about it because if it festers the, per- the person that um, the communication may not be clear to one one of the parties. Don't understand why you upset. What? I, I don't know what I said that make you upset. And I was a hard nut to crack for a while because I was so used to being so dependent. It was hard for me to become dependent or let someone into my life. And my husband would say, I got you. You don't mm-hmm. have to do this by yourself. You're always oh. trying to do everything by yourself. So I had to start switching gears so that we can, you know, have a better understanding. So I wouldn't feel like he's not doing enough. Why do I still seem like I'm doing everything? Or he may feel like she's doing too much. Or I want to do that. She's not letting me be the man of the house. She's still trying to control everything. So once I- we... Yeah, I mean, back. You, you talked about being an independent woman, and it's challenging when we are independent for so long to get into the a relationship and allow the other, like, relinquish control. Uh, you know, not in a bad way, because there's a masculine and the feminine energy that needs to flow for us to have a cohesive relationship. And sometimes when we're too independent, we hinder that. That's exactly. 
if you, you know, I believe in women equality and women doing that, but there's a soft side to women too that like to be caressed and like to say, you know, I love you, baby, and go out on a date. And, you know, I, I once told my husband, I said, oh, you just want to go out with me because you wanted a pretty girl on your arm. And he was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not, he loves that. Why not? He, not, he was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has his queen next to him. <laughs> so we have those kind of, you know, fun talks, you know, and um, I just said, God, he really, really um, blessed our union Amen. because I don't see, I see us staying together for, you know, this, I, this is the one, this, mm. this is, this is it. And I, I love that. I love hearing that. And what a beautiful, you know, testimony from where you were to where you are today. And also how now you are helping other people empower themselves and step into lives that are happy and healthy what a what an amazing contrast and yes it took time but you here you are but here i am and and timing you know god has already who, who you know I, I i say god whoever people want to say their spiritual power at higher power but mine is god he put my he put my path together i was so tired of being in the bank. I wanted to quit, but I never could do it because I was like, I got these two kids and I, I can't leave I can't leave my job. And once when we got married, we was coming back from my honeymoon and I had got, they was restructuring a lot of um, the bank and they were saying my, my job is, was going to be phased out. Either I can apply for something else. So they were saying after 32 years, I got to apply, you know, so that pissed me off. For you sure. Know, so, and then I said, I, I don't want to do it no more. So I talked to my husband and I said, and I was like, oh, I'm married now. I'm a married lady. I got choices. <laughs> the ding word, the, the word of the yeah. day. I was like, oh, wow. So I talked to him and he said, First he said, are you sure, you know, financially we just growing and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I hate it now. This is not what I want to do. I want to start my business. I want my life. I want Harris's life empowerment service to, to, to become, to have life. So he says, well, if that's what you want to do. Tell him you quit. So I said, give me my package. I'm out. Right. And that's how I started my business. And I, when I was um, thinking about doing the same thing, starting, you know, to become a life coach, I said, I want to have a life coach. And I didn't even know where to start. And God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, led me to you. And somehow you popped into my feed one day and I just felt this energy and I'm like, okay, she's the one. And I called you and you really helped guide me um, in so many, in so many ways. And I'm forever grateful to you, forever grateful to you. You, you had a, and you still do. You have a special glow also, Grace, that people love that you attract people and you Thanks. are still, you, you know, you like to see people succeed. 
I do. And so whatever you, you know, whatever you can do in order to help someone, it's genuine. It's not looking for something in return. Even when I was starting my business and I wasn't having no income coming in and I was like, Gracie, can I use your staffing services? I need a job. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I would love, we loved having you. We loved having so, you. Yeah. Clients love you. So you, you know, you put all that together and you got me these assignments and I went out on the job and it's like, you know, I just thought it was a beautiful relationship. We helped this one and somebody, that's what we yes. need. Help each other. That's Don't be it. jealous of what some other women, you know, what Amen. they got. You just help them. Yes. So yes. We help each other because there's more than enough to go around for everyone. This is not a competition it is. It's for all of us to step up and help each other and empower each other. God is a good God. He's a God of abundance. There's more than enough to go around for all of us. That's right. And just acknowledge it. People need to acknowledge it. Stop fighting it. Stop yes. fighting each other. And we got exactly. enough going on in the world today. And so my life right now from where I started, where the choices that I made up to this point, um, blessed to have my business. And then I had a, I got a call from my, my niece and she's a special needs, pre-K special needs teacher. And this was in 217. And she says, I need some help in my classroom. And I was just thinking, oh, I, I'm just going to go help her in her classroom. And next thing I know, they're asking me to fill out papers. And, and for the San Francisco Unified School District, you got to have this. You got to get fingerprinted. You got... So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm kind of getting into this job but i was a substitute just a mm -hmm. substitute para right then her permanent part-time pair left too the position was open again the principal and everybody came down and said valerie please stay we want you to you're so good with the kids so today i'm proud to say that i am a paraprofessional special needs mm. teacher and no and one I does. Love it. And like no I said, my oldest daughter was four pounds, 14 ounces, and she has special needs. And right now, this day, she's 39, living independently. Amen. And she has coaches that come in, I mean, counselors that come in and help her. But I taught her to be, and she wanted to be as independent and as normal as she watched her cousins grow Amen. up to be and that's what i want for these babies i said gotta start them young gotta mm -hmm. teach them young and I, I also mentor or you know talk to the parents this takes patience yes don't stay in denial because a lot of time when the parents stay in denial you hurt your child get as much resources and as much help as you can because yes. they don't stay little long and the older they get, the crueler the world is mm. on them. So that's my mission right now. That's what I'm doing too, along with my business. And so if someone's watching and they want to get a hold of you for life coaching 
or for direction for resources for their child who made need resources, how can our audience get in touch with you, Valerie? I can be reached at 650. I do take phone calls. <laughs> 650-483-5649. If you need to send me a text or email, it's Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, middle initial A, last name Smedley, S-M-E-D-L-E-Y, at gmail.com. Or you can go to Facebook and I have a personal page and a business page. Beautiful. And at the end of the broadcast, I'll have all your information there. So our audience um, can, the information will be there so they can get a hold of you. It has been so amazing to have you on today. Your story is so inspiring and I appreciate you and love you. And I definitely look forward to having you on again because there's so much more we can cover. Anytime, Grace. You oh, my dear. Thank you so I much. You. I love seeing you too. And thank you so much for all of you that are watching us live and that are listening to us on the replay or watching us on the replay. We appreciate you. We're very grateful for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go rate us and share. Until the next time. Say hello to you. Valerie on Harris's Life Empowerment yes. Services. At Harris Empowerment <laughs> Services. And until then, God bless and make it an amazing day. Take care. You too. Thank you, Bye. Grace. Thank you, Bye. Val. Bye, honey. Hey, love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.